word of God is our DNA. Okay, so we live by it. We don't get tired of it. It should be our greatest motivator. Praise the Lord. So, Psalm 8. Um, let's read from, um, let's read verse 1. It says, oh, oh Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Verse 3. So, in verse 3, he started, afterwards, he started to tell us, you know, the excellency of God. What this, what the, he starts to describe to us what constitutes the excellency of God. What makes God excellent? Hallelujah. Verse 3 says, When I consider the heavens, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man? What is man that you are mindful of him? Okay? And the son of man that you visited him. So the Bible says here that David says, I consider all your works, all the works of your fingers, or the work of your hands, you know, how great they are, you know. And he now says, then I begin to wonder, why are you so concerned? Why are you so mindful of man? So when he says, why are you mindful of man? He's talking about humanity in general. He's not talking about just one person. He's talking about humanity. Why are you so mindful of humanity? And the son of man that you visited him. Remember the son of man, Jesus used that word a lot to describe himself. You know, he called himself the son of man. Now, he said, but next part. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and are crowned with glory and honor. And you have made him to have dominion over all the works of your hand and have put all under his feet. All sheep, oxen, yes, and the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. Oh Lord, our God, our excellent is your name. Now, he, he says that the excellency of God is that God gave man dominion over all the works of his hands, over all his creation. God gave man dominion. And when he gave, remember, uh, I think Psalm 24, verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and its fullness thereof. In other words, God owns it. But the fact that God owns it does not mean that he has not given it to us. He said he gave man dominion over all the works of, the, of his hands. And when he gave him dominion, he gave him, he made man to be a ruler upon the earth. He now starts to say, tell us. He said, oh, you made him to, over all the sheep, oxen, beasts of the field, fowls of the air. You know, why, why was David mentioning this? Because remember, David was a shepherd. Israel shepherding agriculture, 
you know, those were that was their those were their major main occupations. So he talked about and now and these things are the resources that God put on the earth, right, to create wealth. In other words, when he said you have gave him dominion over all the works of your hand, it means that David is saying you gave him dominion over all the resources upon the earth that man can use to create wealth. Amen. To, to a shepherd, sheep, oxen, they are major things. To me, it's just, it's just his benefit is in the pot of soup. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's his benefit to me. But, but to someone else who is a shepherd, that is a main, his means of livelihood. Those are the resources he has to generate wealth. So God, God says that he has given man dominion. It means he has given man dominion over the resources that he made and he put on the earth for man to be able to generate wealth. Hallelujah. So, in other words, upon the earth, the dominion mandate of man requires that he is dominating, right, the resources in so much that he is able to bring out wealth and abundance from them. Amen. So, the source of all wealth is God because the earth is the Lord's. But he has given man dominion absolute dominion over these resources. So, which means that for man to be able to create wealth, he has to dominate certain resources on the earth. And you know, resources are evolving. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So resources, as man is finding out those resources, they are evolving. So he says, you have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over all the works of your hands and have put all things under his feet. <laughs> glory to God. So God has given you and I, dominion. The, the dominion mandate, when we make use of it, right, is to, is to create wealth. One of the reasons is so, purposes is to create wealth. So if you are not exercising dominion, if you are not making use of your dominion, you can't create wealth. Hallelujah. You, 
So the question you begin to ask yourself is, what am I dominating? Where am I dominating? Which resources, which resource am I, am I accessing to, to manifest dominion? Hallelujah. All the resources are on the earth. God made them. And because God made them, right, they, they, as long as the earth remains, they are there. Hallelujah. And as long as the earth remains, they increase in value. They increase in value. Have you to notice it? Virtually every resource that God has made, right, it, it increases in value. They don't depreciate in value because God is the one that made them. Hallelujah. So as far as once you there is, you note the resource, it will be ever increasing in value. Glory to God. It will be ever increasing. Now, the, the, in value. Hallelujah. So, one of the secrets to wealth, therefore, to to. To, to gaining financial momentum, to increasing financially, is to ask yourself, where am I operating? What am I dominating? How am I dominating? What sphere, what resource, out of all that God has made? Hallelujah. And you know, the reason why God did not say, oh, specifically, oh, this is the kind of thing that you should do <laughs> is because there are myriads of resource, resources. And each resource creates myriads of opportunities. They all have various value chains where when a person starts to dominate, hallelujah, he can create wealth out of it. You know, the other day, I think it was not yesterday now that, uh, that no, no, Monday, that the Dangote refinery was uh, commissioned. And um, I was hearing some comments, you know, how much how from that refinery alone several industries are going to benefit that means that several new opportunities are going to open up in various sectors because several resources are going to be coming out from that primary resource you will have secondary resources. You will have adjunct resources. You will have bypass resources. You have all kinds, and it will create all kinds of opportunities for man to be able to dominate 
and bring forth wealth. So I want us to think in terms of domination here. What am I dominating to bring forth wealth? Praise the Lord. Unlike, so, so, so don't think, when we think wealth, we should not just think money. We therefore must start to think about resources and domination. Because let's not to first Timothy chapter six. First Timothy chapter six. The Bible tells us in first Timothy chapter six that verse 17, it says, charge them that are rich in this world. So which means that God is not against being rich in this world. God is a lavish giver and creator. <laughs> see, see how lavish he created this world. Everything that man needs, he put it here. We don't need to go to, to, to Neptune or Saturn to go and bring something that we can use upon the earth. Everything here. And he made them in abundance. In abundance. That's the God he is. So God is not a small-minded person. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So he says, charge them that are rich in this world. No, no, no. Let, let, let something, a thought just came to my mind. Now, now you see, God created man and put all the resources there. Okay? So it's now left for man, therefore, make use of the resources to create the wealth. So, how wealthy a person will be is a function of not God, but that person. Because God has put the resources upon this earth for me. How well man will live is a function of how well, how well is able to dominate with whatever resource he has, whatever field he's able to is operating in. Hallelujah. So he said, charge them that are rich in this world that they should not be high-minded. What does it mean? Not to trust in uncertain riches. Now, so the Bible says that. There are riches that are uncertain. But God's riches are certain. Yes. God does not create uncertainties. So the riches he's talking about here is obviously man-made. What do I mean? Money, for example, is man-made. God did not create money. Man created money. What is money? Money is just a means of exchange. Exchange of resources. Hallelujah. What will be a resource to somebody can be an end product for the other person. Will be an end product for the other person. Hallelujah. So it's an exchange of resource, right, for a product or whatever. Money, 
money is that is that value is just is what is what we give value to hallelujah so money is a is a, and is a, is a way of carrying value around and because it is man made that is the reason why it is uncertain it is it can rise and fall of course we, we don't you don't need anybody to prove that to you we are we we, we are we are we are living in the times like that the other day you know the, i was told that my, my, my daughter was checking on the internet said it will take uh, 10 trillion zimbabwean dollars to buy a loaf of bread in zimbabwe that's how worthless 10 trillion you know he said they have a, a trillion naira no a trillion zimbabwean dollar note one note one you know like our 1000 naira now they own they have one that is 1 trillion is either 1 trillion or 10 trillion and that can only buy a loaf of bread <laughs> that's the value of that currency why man made it glory to god but look at gold gold keeps increasing in value god made it water can increase in value depending on the climate praise the lord hallelujah so 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 we should not bible says that we should we should not trust in uncertain riches hallelujah to be high-minded is to place more value on money currency what you have in the bank account than in god now look at it he said charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded they should not be proud if what person can be proud if his trust is in riches? No trust, but here he's saying those that are rich in this world, he's talking about rich people, that is those who have a lot of money, right? That they should not be high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but they should trust in the living God. So the believer's trust must be in the living God who made all things. Who giveth us richly all things to enjoy? Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. So God is saying that trust in the living God. This is an attitude he wants us to have concerning finances. That even though he has given us the resources, our trust should still remain in him. You know, I remember somebody was sharing, we were sharing some time ago, sometime last time the body meeting and somebody asked a question and said that i don't understand you are saying that we should trust god but there are some of these guys i mean a lot of these unbelievers guys they don't trust in god they don't believe in god and they are rich they just believe in what they can do and all that and we say that well it is you know for us it is god that that makes that makes us and all that the person said i can't i can't understand that and i said i said for us the Bible says that we should trust in the living God. Trusting in the living God does not mean that you do not uh, dominate or labor. He said, "Those he said, except the Lord builds the house, those that labor, labor in vain. 
What does it mean to be labor to labor in vain? To labor in vain does not mean that you are not laboring. Neither does it mean that you will not be successful, right? You will not you will not gain when you do when you labor. Hallelujah. He's saying that you it is talking about you you ascribing whatever it is that you have to God, that attitude. First Corinthians chapter 15. In first Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 10, praise the Lord. He said in verse 10, look at, look at Paul. He, 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 said, he said, by the grace of God, right, I am what I am. I am what I am by the grace of God. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. That is, it was not empty, it was productive. How? But I labored more abundantly than them all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So in other words, it's, in other words yeah, the person is not being high-minded. Anybody who is laboring and saying, "Oh, it is my, it is my effort, it's my effort," oh, you know, that person is being high-minded. And the tendencies that the person will be trusting in his riches, which are uncertain. Hallelujah. It's not saying that somebody, I mean, look uh, like that, that. The Bible talks about the rich young ruler. You know, he was rich, but he was not rich towards God. Look, I remember the, the other guy, Abigail's husband. The guy was a fool, but he was a stingy man. You know, he was the very he was a he was a stupid man, you know. Yet he was rich. <laughs> For him to to attain that level of wealth, he must have been very intelligent. He must have been able to manage his businesses well. But that a person has managed manages his business well does not mean that the person is is better than you in every regard. So for us as believers, God is saying that we must always acknowledge. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart, in all your ways. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. So in our kingdom, we acknowledge God as the giver of all blessings. Hallelujah. So that way we will not be high-minded. Back to 1 Timothy chapter 6. He said, charge them that are rich in this world that they should not be high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches. Now, let me say some, a few other things about it. You know, he says, they should not trust in uncertain riches. Hallelujah. They should not trust in uncertain riches, but they should trust in the living God. So, which means that, you know, the wealth of God, the riches of God are certain. The Bible talks about the unsearchable riches of Christ in Ephesians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, uh, the, the riches of Christ, they are certain. The value of your life should not be from how much you have in your bank account. I'm going somewhere. Follow me. The value of your life. Look at it. Look at it. Ephesians chapter 3. The Bible calls 
us the heritage of God. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1. Praise God. As rich as God is, what is God's wealth? Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 1, verse, uh, yes. That the eyes of your understanding, verse 18, might be enlightened. Being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So we are God's inheritance and God's wealth is in us. Glory to God. God's wealth, you are the wealth of God. When God wants to count his wealth, he's not going to count the gold that is on this earth and all that. He made all those things for man. He made all those things for you and I. Hallelujah. We are the wealth of God. That's how valuable you are. Hallelujah. So don't rate your value Amen. Don't rate your value on, on on certain riches. Brother Mark brought out to us. I'm sure he's made, he's made that that his analogy, you know, you know, created a lot of impression on the minds of a number of people. By the time he began to describe the what inflation inflation does to 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 to, to the value of whatever we have. I was asking someone, you know, and uh, and the person said, "Well, that, that that part of the message really created a lot of impression on his mind." Praise the Lord! That's how uncertain it is. But that we should trust in the living God. So, money is about trust. Wealth is about trust. Amen. For the Christian, now for the unbeliever, it may be different. Don't compare yourself to him. It's about who you are trusting. That's, that's why he says, wh whoever you trust is the person you will love. So trusting God is about loving him. That's why Jesus Christ said that you cannot, you cannot serve God and mammon. He said you cannot love two masters at the same time. Say so you either love one or hate the other. So you cannot serve or love God and mammon. That's why you cannot afford to be high-minded. God gives us richly. God does not take from us. He gives. Why does he give? God gives so that we can enjoy. God wants you to enjoy this life. Hallelujah, as much as you can while you're on this on this earth. Praise God. And what enjoyment means to a number of to us may, may differ. Praise the Lord. One day I'm going to take my family on, on a boat cruise. You know, I, I'm, I'm a, it's a dream I have. I will do it before I leave this world. Someday. Because I just want to just, just enjoy myself, enjoy myself with my family. Praise the Lord. No, that, that, may, that, that, that may not be enjoyment to some people. Praise God. Whatever I enjoy, the Bible says God gives us which the all things to enjoy. And let me add this. The reason, therefore, why you give is not so that you can enjoy. 
Why did God give? God did not give so that he can enjoy. God gave so that you can enjoy. And the Bible says that we should be like our father who gives to all men, right? Liberally. So that men can enjoy. So that others can be blessed. Someone say, I want to give so that I can be blessed. That is selfish giving. Giving like God is giving so that others can be blessed. Praise the Lord. Giving so that others can be blessed. Let me say it again. We give so that others can be blessed. Not that so that you can be blessed. If your primary reason for giving is so that you can be blessed, then that is selfish. That is being transactional. He said, God gives richly for, so that we can enjoy. Glory to God. So you don't see, if you if giving, if you see giving from that perspective, right? Giving will not be a burden to you. It will be something because, because you are doing it out of love. You love people. That's why you are giving. You love to see others happy. Just like God loves to see us happy. Ephesians, uh, Psalm 35, Psalm 35, verse 27. Let's look at it. Praise God. The Bible says in Psalm 35 that God has pleasure. He takes pleasure. God is happy when we prosper. Psalm 35, verse 27. He said, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yes, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Amplify says, he takes, who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Praise God. And the NIV, the New American Standard says, who delights in the prosperity of his servants. Praise God. NIV says, who, 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 who delights in the well-being of his servants. So you should be happy. You should delight in the well-being of of others is why we give hallelujah and i'm emphasizing this because of some reports that i got after we announced about that the people should give 500,000 want to raise 500,000 you know so that to help uh as yoruba church members who may be victims of uh, flooding during this rainy season you know, and I began to hear all kinds of comments from a few people, of course, not the majority of church, you know, that, you know, for some were even saying, suggesting that, oh, well, we should, since it's for them, you remember people who should give. <laughs> oh, come on. If you don't want to give, don't worry. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you not happy when you put, when someone just smiles, just because, I mean, you lifted up a button. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. You know, you, you, you'll be so shocked what 10,000 naira can do. There was a, one of the women the other day who came, a widow. I mean, just, they want, if you see the room that they are living, the, a room that I've been to the room before, you, you, the only thing that can enter that room, right, is a bed. A bed. You can't even put a chair, a single chair on the inside the room. That tells you how small that room is. That tells you how small. You can only put a bed. And 
herself and her two children living in there. And they wanted to eject them because they were asked to pay for one and a half years rent because they wanted to do renovation in their house. And for months, for about three months, this woman was trying to raise 40,000, raise 60,000 there. And you know what? She was able to raise 40,000. She needed 20,000. I said they had been given a, a week. And I knew about it. Oh, by the time we, we, we from the church, uh, well, I think it was from the benevolence department uh, account. I can't even remember which account now. You know, we, we, we just we just wired 20,000. You know, we wired 10,000. And somebody else gave 10,000. Oh, come and see the smile on the woman's face. Come and see the smile on the woman's face. 20,000 naira that you cannot, that will not take you a week to spend, it will it made a big deal for that person. That's our God. He delights in the well-being of his people. And the Bible says that we should be like our father, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 44, 48 to 45. So we should be like our father. Glory to God. Luke chapter 6, verse 35. So we should be like our father. Amen. Who delights in, in the pleasure of his servant. So he gives us richly all things to enjoy. So when we are enjoying things, God is happy. <laughs> That's why he put the resources on the earth in the first place. Amen. So when a believer is suffering because of poverty, God does not like it. He does not give... Poverty does not give God any pleasure from here to there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, for us as believers, he gives us richly all things to enjoy. And he wants us to also do that. Amen. Glory to God. Acknowledging that God is our source. And not just depending on the money, not just depending on your, on your, on your, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, saying that, oh, it is my, by my power, I was able to get it. Yes, it was your power that, that was used, but it was grace that was. Now, let me say something about this grace. Remember, God gave to everyone. God gave us on the earth, hallelujah, uh, uh, resources to dominate. Amen. So which means that every child of God, everyone has access to this grace. One says, oh, somebody has more grace than the other. No. Hallelujah. Now, there is grace available. Hear this. There is grace available. Grace is available. Okay, sorry. I was not unmuted on time. Praise the Lord. So sorry about that. My internet went off. So, as I was saying, I was talking about the grace. Grace is available for everybody. Grace is available to make wealth for everybody. How does it, why does it now look as if, right, some people have more grace for for wealth than some others. Amen. Let me give you this analogy. The grace of God is available unto all. However, 
if you are a waiter at Sweet Sensation, okay? So you have developed waiting skills, right? You are working in Sweet Sensation. And you start, you can work there for the next 10 years, but you can work there for the next 15 years. I'm sure there will be people like that in that place, you know, and the highest they can ever rise to, right, will be supervisor. Or maybe a branch manager, one of, of one of the outlets. And the person will be so efficient. The person will, I mean, they'll be so, the person can be so graceful about the person's work. Praise God. And may not do beyond that. I remember I had an uncle who worked in one of these factories. He worked there for over 20 years until he retired from there. He started as a casual worker in Bako Supercasa. You know, started as a, and then he was permanented and then he worked there. The highest he was, he was, he rose to be a supervisor. Hallelujah. Great God, if that, and that was the level where he played. So for the person who is working that sweet sensation, right, works there for the next 10, 10, 15 years, that is the level where the person has chosen to play. Okay? And grace will be supplied for that level. Somebody else can wake up, they can be working together in that same place and say, oh no, I can do more than this. You know, and the person starts to, it, it gets, takes interest in a particular skill or in a particular course or in a particular profession and starts to teach himself or go to school after, after uh, discipline himself, goes to school, you know, graduates uh, and takes professional courses, does, does this, does that, you know, from there, from there, the person can become whatever in the other profession he chooses. The same grace will be supplied. So what's the difference? The difference is not the grace. God is not partial. He is rich unto everyone. We are the variable. Grace will be supplied for whatever level you choose to operate. For whatever level of dominion you choose to operate from, grace will be supplied for it. Did you hear that? Yes. It's, so it's not dependent on heaven. It's dependent on you. Even heaven was made for man. Everything God created was for man. God said, what Jesus said, Matthew 18, verse 19, whatever you, you allow, you agree upon on earth, shall be what? It shall be sanctioned in heaven. Praise the Lord. So, earth's activity determines heaven's activity in your regard. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I say, oh, no, no, no. It is what God has destined. No. 
oh, this is the level God has destined for me to operate on. No. No. It's what you choose. It's the choice of man. Hallelujah. You have given him dominion over all the resources. Hallelujah. One man chooses to do to be multidimensional in the and make use of the various resources uh, that are on the earth uh, to create wealth in various dimensions. While some other people they will just stay with one, they will just stay with one resource and milk it and milk it dry. Hallelujah. While some will be multi, what do you call that thing? Uh, uh, I will, uh, that's, that's, that's one word we use now. Someone in multi, when you are making money from various resources, from various sources, I've forgotten that word. Now. It's a multi something. You know, you know, you can type it down, you type it and remind me about it. You know, so you, you watch the flag like that. And one says, uh, uh, he has grace for no, me. I have no grace, is grace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Grace is grace. You see actors. You see actors. You see an actor. Yeah, multiple streams of income. Thank you, dear. You know, yeah, multiple streams. One says, uh, no, I am not cut out for multiple streams. Who says who? No, you don't. You are, by saying that you are shut down yourself. You are you are antagonizing what God has said for Sunday. Praise the Lord. You see an actor. The person started act, acting. Before you know it, the person has... It's obvious they are selling clothes branded in their names, using their name that they have made. You know, before you know it, the person has become a, 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 someone who is advertising for people. You know, they have so, but you know, the person has, oh, he now has a hotel. He does. That. Oh, where did this start from? It started from acting. A resource upon the earth. Praise the Lord. Thereby, doing we creating multiple streams. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know. <laughs> Glory to God. So it's there is grace. Most of the time, and the challenge is not grace. The challenge is that we are not skillful enough. We have not developed enough skills. Hallelujah. To be able to take advantage. Of the resources upon the earth. Secondly, let's go back to first Timothy. He says, charge them that are rich in this world that they should not be high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. Now, the Bible does not say that we should not gather uncertain riches. It just says we should not trust in them. So, but you find that if you don't renew your mind, you may be think you may be acting that. You may what you will be calling trusting will be, oh, amassing or gathering. God has not said you should not gather, because how can you be wealthy without gathering? There is he that scatters and yet increases. There is he that withholds more than is necessary. 
So which that you uh, there should be a place of withholding, or else Joseph would not have said that they should save twenty percent in the time of uh, 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 in the bull year, in the bullish years. Jesus would have encouraged saving, and that is parable. It's gathering. Bible says he said that he that gathers Solomon said he that gathers uh, 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 riches little by little shall increase. He said one well got in a haste will soon go, but the one that gathers little by little, so there's something about gathering little by little. That is how it works. Praise the Lord. So he said that 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 he said that those that charges and riches were not to trust in uncertain riches. He didn't say not to gather. So we are to, not to trust in uncertain riches, but we are to gather them. And so now the fact that it is uncertain, praise the Lord. The, I'm going somewhere. <laughs> follow me. The fact that it is uncertain means that there is a level of risk attached to uncertain to, to riches, to wealth. Yes. It means there's, there's some level of risk. And praise God. I know Brother Marco, Marco you was telling us, you know, about, about, about risk, you know, <laughs> on Sunday. Blessed us tremendously there. Because it is uncertain, it means that automatically means that there is a risk. And because a lot of believers are afraid of risks, that's the reason why they are poor. You cannot right, increase financially if you are not ready to bear risk. Remember, we have said we have the bulls and the bears. Now, I have not said recklessness. Recklessness is, is doing things without wisdom. Hallelujah. So risks obviously therefore speaks about wisdom. But if you are not ready to take the take the plunge, if you are not ready to go the extra mile to push, hallelujah, to study, to find out the risk and how to mitigate the risk. Listen, see, rich people are not, they are not afraid of losing money. They are not afraid. Somebody yesterday was describing, you know, uh, Dangote that ah, the guy has a lion heart. You know, to be able to take on, I mean, build that refinery, the refinery can, that can take care of all of Nigeria's uh, 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 petroleum needs. You know, and that can take care of most of West and South, Southern Africa, and West and Central Africa. In fact, he said he wants to be exporting 40% of what he's going to be creating, he's going to be uh, producing there to West African and Central African countries. I said, that guy, man, you know, is able to sleep well. You know, an $18 billion project. Praise God, he took the risk. 
in the face of renewable energy uh, 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 challenges, green energy, the whole world is shouting green energy, green energy, green energy. They are going green and he's building. That's a big risk. He's taking that. But you cannot see, you cannot get into wealth. You cannot increase financially if you are risk out, if you are too risk averse, if you don't want to take any risk because it is uncertain, so there are risks. Hallelujah. Praise God. But for the believer, God says that he is the one that will teach us to prosper. That's where the believer becomes different. When we walk in line with God's way of doing things. Let me close with Job chapter 36 and we will pick up from there the next time we talk. Praise God. Hallelujah. I've said quite a number of things and I trust God that as I'm just, you know, moving around, driving around, something is dropping in your heart. Job chapter 36. Job chapter 36. So you cannot, as a, you, the, no matter what you do, there's a, there's a level of risk involved. Praise God. Someone says, I want to open a shop and start selling things. You know, I was, I was talking with the brother that we went to visit at the weekend, and he said he started a business um, um, selling, um, what do you call this thing? Uh, selling, not in domain, spaghetti, spaghetti and uh, turkey, you know, cooking it and selling it on the road, you know. So we asked him, how has the business been? What's, what has been? He said, well, he said it has, he has really had to, he said he has really had to start by faith. He said, because sometimes, you know, <laughs> you know, by the time he cooks, if she does, he doesn't get to sell all the spaghetti that same day, you know, he can't roll it over to the next day, they would have got spotted spots. So he, every day he has to be exercising his faith for sales. That's a risk. That is a risk. The risk of them getting spots. How about that day? He has finished selling and then uh, suddenly, these things happen in the in the in the in the in the community, you know, and then the government comes down and announces a, a sudden curfew. curfew. <laughs> he will have to go go back home with all of his goods. But does that now mean that he's not going to hold his hands? Up? Hey, hey, what if? What if? What if? You know what? You know what Solomon said. He said he said it is a lazy man that says that there is a lion at the gate outside. I can't go out. That's what he says. He's a lazy man that does that. So someone who is not ready to take, take risk, he is not even thinking about. Okay, let me even find out where the lion is so that I can find how I can touch the lion. He just says there is a lion on the street, therefore I can't go. Ah, they have said that stock market in Nigeria is very bad. Therefore, ah, I remember hey, people lost millions, so we are not going there. <laughs> ah. Hey, I, if I go and buy land now, Omonile, Omonile, I don't want Omonile Wahala. Hey, hey, therefore, I'm not going to buy. Praise God. Oh, this, uh, that is the business everybody is doing now. I, I can't do it, oh. I can't do it, oh. You know, where will I get my clients from? Everybody is already fixed. How would you want that? How come there are more banks are opening, despite the fact that we have several banks all over the place? Yet new banks are opening. Praise the Lord. 
I heard that recently government and gave some, some number, a high number of new uh, accreditation or uh, certificate to start or something. You know, new universities in Nigeria. And I wondered, ah, it's all these universities that we have. People are still creating more new universities. Yeah, you're not wondering, how are they going to sell? They will still sell. For anybody that observes the clouds, he will not sow. He that observes the wind, he will not reap. So even though it is uncertain riches, we have to, we still have to gather it. Praise the Lord. Because we are still on this earth. Money is a defense. Praise the Lord. But the Bible says wisdom with money compared to combined together is better. Hallelujah. Job chapter 36. Let's close with that. Oh boy, time's gone. Well, give me three minutes. We we'll just read this and then we'll close for today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, Praise God. I'll be glad if you can just type, Pastor, thank you for, uh, if you have been blessed, let me know. It encourages us. You know, I'm not seeing your faces. Praise God. Job chapter 36 and verse 11. He said, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity. Thank you, sweetheart. They shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Did you see that? That's God again confirming, uh, 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 thank you, sir, confirming uh, uh, Psalm 35. Huh? Psalm 35, verse 27, that God takes pleasure. He takes delight in the prosperity of his servant. He now says that if they shall obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. If they shall obey and serve him, thank you, everybody, they will spend their days in prosperity. Tell you, why don't you tell yourself? God wants me to spend my days in prosperity. He wants me to spend my days in pleasure. Hallelujah. Not pleasure that you now forget God. No, no, no. Not pleasure like that rich fool that say, oh, my soul, yes. You have everything now. Sit down and do the rest. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Work-life balance. Praise God that you are able to have whatever you need at any time. You, you know, that's what the Bible tells us. It's our presence of mind. So that you have no need of anything. Oh boy, we can get there. Because there are some people who are there and they don't have two heads. Praise God. Glory to God. How wonderful it will be. I mean, I mean, church just called for, called, said, hey, let's, let's put down 500,000. Somebody will just say, Pastor, please, don't worry. You write me a letter. You write me a note, Pastor. Please don't announce it again. Uh, I'm wiring five hundred thousand dollars now into into the church account. Is <laughs> it how pleasurable it will be? Praise God! I just put smiles on people's faces. Every time they raise their thanksgiving, they are raising thanksgiving on your behalf, unto God. Hallelujah! Glory to God! He wants you to spend your days in prosperity and your your years in pleasure. What? Is based on some certain things. And we're going to continue from there 
next week. Remember, where did we where did we where, where did we land? We landed on the fact that in a, in wealth creation there are risks involved. Why? Because riches on earth are uncertain. However, God has put resources upon the earth that are certain. Praise God. And he has he gives us grace and the grace will work for whatever level you choose to water to operate in. My wife and I, we went for my daughter's, uh, for a program with my daughter's uh, school on, at the weekend. I met one of our old colleagues who told us his story. You know, who think, think, think he was here an orphan now. I can't even remember the story exactly now. His condition, he was, he was from a very poor background. He said, he, he said to eat, he had to be, he had to go to farm to do labor before he could eat or something like that. Today, today he's an engineer, a Korean certified engineer. He's, uh, he, he has built a hotel. He has real estates all over the place in several places, you know. His children they have trained, trained his children. They have, the number of, uh, some of them have graduated. They are working. They are doing very well, financially well. And he still loves God. You know, he's a believer. For he told me that he, he was sharing the testimony that how, how during COVID, you know, I, I, he started following me on Facebook and he was blessed by a message that he heard that I don't know what that message did for him. You know, that he'll be forever grateful for it. You know, but he said he chose not to stay there. He chose not to stay there. He chose not to stay there. Meanwhile, there will be other colleagues of his who were laborers like with him in the farm at the time. And died there. Or grew old there. Amen. Grace is available. You are the one that will make your choice where you want to operate. God is not a, doesn't discriminate. Hallelujah. You are the one that will make your choice. God bless you. We'll continue from there next week. Father, we thank you for your word. We give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you because we will be established in this truth and in all righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen.